Oh, anyway. Hey, Kate. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to another episode of Cryptoversity. I'm welcome Jack. Back. Uh, yeah, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Jackie boy. Yeah, been a, been a while, hasn't it? We haven't done one of these for uh, about yeah. three months now. <laughs> yeah, been a minute, as they say. It's been a minute. Um, why yeah, is that, Jack? What's, what's been going on? Why, why did we, what took us three months to get this back on, you Good know, question, Nor- Norway's up in arms right now? Well, was Norway, apologies, right? apologies to the Scandinavian people that we haven't delivered in a few months, but we've both been busy, I think, haven't we? We've both been pretty busy. Uh, we've met up together in the flesh, cross-continent uh, in Miami, which we'll come yeah. to for yeah. crypto-related reasons. And what else has been going on? I got engaged. You got so engaged. Congratulations. Nice. Massive congratulations. Thank very you very much. Very excited. Yeah. Very excited. Didn't tell stuff. me about that. Didn't tell me about that when you were uh, out in Miami. You. No, no. Didn't tell you because I didn't know it was coming. So, <laughs> yep. She, my, my fiance proposed to me. So Which keep it modern. Very, very 2022. And how, how did she do it, Jack? How did she uh, solve the question? Well, she knew the key. She knew the key to my heart because she conned me with an Easter egg hunt. So I thought I was getting chocolate. Uh, good way to get me out of bed and walk around the house, <laughs> reading clues. And yeah, the final leg wasn't an egg. Well, it was. There was a little leg there, and also a little a watch and a little note. That's so, yeah, so cool. It's good. I, I have really a theory good. that I haven't told you, but I have a theory that that was your fiance's way of just doing kind of like a final sanity check as <laughs> to like whether you were, if he can fucking figure this out, fine, I'll marry. Some <laughs> but, of the clues were tough. Some of the clues were tough. I won't lie. It was a good 10 minutes mulling over a clue. Yeah. Um, she was getting frustrated. But yeah, uh, yeah, really nice. Yeah. But what have you been up to, Amazing. Mike? Why haven't you done a pod in three months? Uh, I'll, I'm gonna say that it's laziness to be honest with you. I mean, you, you that Easter egg hunt was about an hour, Jack, so that isn't why we haven't done a part for three months. Um, no, well, I bought a house, my wife and I bought a house out in Denver. Is that so, where you are right um, now? Yeah, it's where I'm sat on the floor because we haven't bought any furniture yet. Exactly. Uh, so sat on the floor recording this, but um, yeah, no, so we've been moving into our new house and. What else is new? We've been really growing BlockTow. So our, our blockchain and crypto recruiting company has been really taking off. Um, so we've had a bunch of new hires for that. And yeah, just life, Jack. Just life. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. coming back to England pretty soon. So hopefully with us yeah. back on the same time zone, we can try yeah. and get... If you stay uh, for three months, if you stay for three months, we'll get one in, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, get one recorded. Um. <laughs> we should fly out. We should actually fly out to... Uh, Scandinavia and do like a wow. live. I'm not sure. Stand in like a town the... square. And ask, I don't want to be recognised. Stop people you know? and ask if they've heard of us. <laughs> I don't like the idea of fame. I don't want to be walking around Stockholm getting getting chased around. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> not again. Uh, I also, I have a theory on that that it could just be that's someone with like it's like one listener with a VPN that just listens to puts himself yeah. in Norway and listens to us every day. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. your dad trying to get in those football streams. Definitely not my dad. My dad still hasn't listened to the first episode that I sent him <laughs> six months ago. So no fears about that. Um, oh. But yeah, no, good to be back. Good to be back. And sorry yeah, we've good. been away, listeners. Um, yeah, that's yeah, here here we are. This here is we the world you've been missing out on. Yeah, yeah. Poor you. Right, Mike. What is on the agenda today? Because we've we've not got a guest. Um, we haven't got a guest. Should we, we say we we did have some lined up, but we we it's forgot. Another story, isn't it? Yeah, it's another story. So we have got three willing participant guests, lecturers, um, amazing professionals, similar to Ari, like people that would have been experts in the field. Really helpful, Huge. but. Um, we have kind of dropped the ball a little bit because we've rescheduled a couple of times. Uh, one of them joined a Zoom meeting that we forgot we'd sent the invite on. So I'm not sure they're going to be coming back. But um, yeah, so anyway, uh, oh. uh, lack of professionalism in podding today mm. has hindered, uh, I guess, pipeline, should we put it? But well, it was always going to be a bumpy road, wasn't it? The first year. Always going to be ups and downs. So yeah. let's not. Let's not beat ourselves up. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, stupid guests. But so we will get them back. And yeah, like you said, so for this part, we don't have a guest. Um, but I was thinking our lesson for the day could be us kind of like recapping on the Bitcoin conference in Miami. 
What were the big yes, takeaways? Please. What did we get? All the, all the crazy shenanigans we got up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and then we can kick kick it off with some news, jump into Bitcoin conference, and then wrap it up with the um, no one's favorite segment, Portfolio Wars. That's right. Yeah. So we'll top and tail it with with the usuals and the news and the portfolio wars. But yeah, very excited to um, to ask what you got up to, Mike, at that conference. It's going to be fun. Going to be very insightful, I'm sure. Um, well, you, I mean, you were you were in Miami as well, right? So well, think, yeah, I was in the Both of both. Yeah, of yeah. I'll, I'll explain. I'll, as I say, I'll go first with my uh, my experiences, <laughs> and we could, if we've got time, we'll ask you about yours. But might have to split it into two apps. Um, let's crack on then, Mike. Kick, kick, kick off with the news. Let's just do it. Cause we, as ever, we don't know each other's news, so hopefully we haven't got the same news. Yeah. Um, you go first us, if you like. Yeah? Okay. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Go no, on. I'll, I'll kick us off. So, uh, my it. one is a similar theme to your um, last news post, which, if you remember, was about Bitcoin and the environment. Um, so, and that's something that I've been thinking more and more about the kind of environmental impact of Bitcoin mining. Um, and I did see a news article from earlier today. Uh, so this is hot off the press, um, and, and real time that New York is close to a Bitcoin mining crackdown. Wow. So the state of New York is potentially going to be banning new Bitcoin mining operations, uh, in a move that some industry insiders fear could have a domino effect across the US. I'm not sure how uh, much I'll buy into that second part because I know some states like Texas are becoming more and more um, Bitcoin friendly, same with Florida. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that it, it's necessarily going to cause that domino effect, but the bill um, is making its way through um, Albany, which I guess is where the is the capital of New York, maybe it's where the state house is uh, sure. and calls for a two year moratorium on certain cryptocurrency mining operations. What's so a moratorium? Like a, a, a temporary ban or a halt, I think. Right. I, I think. Um, but it's specific cryptocurrency mining operations that use proof of work authentication methods. Um, to validate blockchain transactions. So it's specifically the proof of work that is the problem. I guess that maybe is more energy intensive than proof of stake, yeah. which is another way of validating transactions. Um, but yeah, that it, it, I guess it requires sophisticated gear, a ton of electricity, and it's kind of become virtually synonymous with Bitcoin. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, Ethereum uses the same method of authentication. So, yeah, it, it, if that were to happen, I'm, I'm not sure what percentage of Bitcoin mining takes place in New York or, you know, how, how significant it would be in the immediate effect, because it sounds like it would only be banning new mining operations. So who knows what percentage of kind of the Bitcoin network that is. But I think it's more significant just in that it is potentially U.S. legislation cracking down on bitcoin at a state level which um would obviously not be good for the for the crypto market overall interesting yeah and is it purely a green energy basis they're doing this rather than like a fiscal or a, they're worried about the, the the monetary side is it purely based on the environment yeah it's a good question so uh, what it has in this article is that lawmakers sponsoring the legislation say they're looking to curb the state's carbon footprint um, by cracking down on on mines that use electricity from power plants that obviously burn fossil fuels. So, yeah, again, I think this is something that would be cool for us to do a whole pod on. My understanding of this is that it basically just uses electricity. So in the same way as anything else uses electricity, it's bad for the environment. Like anything that uses electricity from fossil fuels is bad for the environment whether it's bitcoin whether it's whatever you're using electricity for so I, yeah i don't know if though per sorry to interrupt there yeah no go if per like say you've got a laptop running and you've got another laptop running that's mining bitcoin is the bitcoin laptop using way more electricity because it's such a high processing thing or is it just like having your laptop on or having a light bulb on is my what i don't know it's because you're right it seems to be it's really 
it doesn't seem to be going away, the, the whole environmental concern. Is it as Bitcoin gets more mainstream, media, the mainstream media outlets, whether they have an agenda or not, seem to attack it a lot for that reason. Um, right. But yeah, I think we should do a part on it and get, get some answers like that of just how much electricity does it use and is it equivalent? Because I know you've you've early on certainly you were a bit of a skeptic of that, and, you know, kind of rightly pointing out that the current the traditional economic system uses loads of electricity or resources right. or whatever. So if that replaced it, would it be the equivalent? That kind of question. Um, it is interesting though, because I think that the, it's two uh, industries like climate tech, if you like, or the you know tech aimed at solving the climate crisis and then blockchain technology are two rapidly growing industries that over the next 10 years um mm. i think there's going to be a ton of growth in and it will be interesting to see whether they kind of grow hand in hand or whether they grow in fierce opposition um, yeah but yeah i don't know enough about it it did say something else in the article about um sustainable energy within bitcoin so it says the sustainable energy mix of the global Bitcoin mining industry today is estimated to be under 60%. So that basically under 60% of Bitcoin mining at the moment is sustainable, which is right. relatively high. Um, and the digital chamber of commerce has found that the sustainable electricity mix is closer to 80% for its members mining in the state of New York. So I, I think what that's saying is that 80% of Bitcoin uh, of the Bitcoin mining operations in New York currently use sustainable energy. Right. So that's so, high. That's yeah, higher than I would have thought. Yeah. It's also just promising that you, I mean, if you can get to 80% in theory, I'm sure you can get to hundred, right? So yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's something that isn't I think big, of, big of a deal. What puts people off and what, what people don't like is that it's just, you know, it's energy that's used purely by, for guessing random numbers. You know, there's no kind of like tangible, usable use of all that energy being burned other than let's hook up a load of servers and computers and guess random strings of numbers until we've mined a bitcoin you know it just seems seems wasteful in that sense you know you're not sort of powering a powering a school or hospital you know with that right. electricity you know i think people don't like that side of it which i can kind of understand um i guess it i i definitely get that but i also think it's more it's more than that though isn't it like it's the the electricity is being used for the security of the network. So it'd be the same as, I don't know, like powering yeah, a bank vault. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now it's not doing anything unless somebody's trying to break into the bank vault. So mm. it's, it's kind of, yeah. Anyway, so I guess yeah, that's it's true. more of the security thing, but I know what you mean from a practical standpoint, it is weird to just think of all this electricity being used on Guessing, guessing a bunch numbers. of random numbers <laughs> to help mental, somebody win a Bitcoin <laughs> in the, yeah. the mining bingo. I mean, it's, yeah, it's wild. But yeah, I mean, those sustainability figures sound promising to me. Right. Promising um, is the best way of putting it. But yeah, let's, yeah. Do, let's do a pod on it. Let's get yeah, something for sure. smart enough to explain it to us. Um, cool. But yeah, so it was interesting. How about you, Jackie boy? Cool. What's, your, what's your news for the quarter? Yeah, good, good news. That was Mikey Boy. Um, so mine relates to we're back in the NFT world, Mikey Boy. So Your we can't playground. obviously my favorite one. And this is this one made propagate. I had a wry smile with this with this one because it isn't good news okay. um, for NFT holders. But one week ago, there was quite a sizable hack on the one of the flagship NFT brands i guess you'd call it or one of the collections um the board apes yacht club um and a week ago three million worth of board apes got stolen via a an instagram fizing um scam if you like which i found quite interesting of how it worked so the attacker got control of they hacked into the board apes yacht club instagram account Okay. Um, and then sent a post from the account that connected anyone who clicked on it, connected the clicker's wallet to the hacker's smart contract, which they'd written. 
that essentially allowed them to steal all the assets held in those wallets, just all the board apes assets, on, just by clicking, just by on clicking the link. The link. Oh my yeah, God, just by terrifying. clicking the link. That's terrifying. So, um, yeah, so from the article, um, so again, it goes, I mean, it goes to that question of decentralization and an an. an Anonymity is a re- is is a good thing, but it is the double-edged sword of there's no way you're reversing that transaction because no one cares. There's no institution or bank or FCA you right. can go to to, right. to appeal or anything. Um surely you could, I mean, you can go to the police. The police, though, right? yeah, like, like I, mean, I guess so, like the like Ari, like, like Ari yeah. was saying, yeah. I suppose there are those. But are they really gonna care about your five thousand dollar, ten thousand yeah, dollar? It's eight, a weird one, isn't it? It is. It is a like it's not a credit card that will just instantly give it your back or right. or your no bank insurance. that can stop it. Insurance, exactly. Although I'm sure there will be, as we've talked about before. Um, so it's terrifying that all you all that those people did is click a link. Yeah, like, it's that weird, isn't it? Basically, means if you can get somebody to click a link, you can steal their crypto. Is that was it just yeah. because they were NFTs, or could you do that? Like, could you would that link work and getting crypto out of somebody's? Well, the NFTs are all based wallet. on Ethereum, aren't they? So I guess the smart contract thing is Ethereum. Right. So I don't know. What I found interesting in the article though was this point. They say hacking and theft are rife in the crypto sector. Transactions are irreversible once made, and it can take a high degree of skill to read the co- excuse me to read the contents of a smart contract and determine whether it's malicious or valid before giving it access to an account. Um, so I found that interesting because I've never actually seen what a smart contract looks like. Um, right. And I'd, I'd kind of stupidly in my mind assume that it's like a, like it's readable basically, but no, actually it's code, probably just a load of code, isn't it? Yeah, so it's yeah. not like you, you're just reading a deed to the house. It's more, this contract could mean anything here. This it's like a program, isn't it? Rather than a contract. That's exactly um, what it is. So, so yeah. that just to jump in, that smart yeah. contract developers um, or slash kind of blockchain engineers, they're sometimes called as well. That's basically the roles that we're working on within BlockTow. So pretty much all of the candidates we're placing at the moment with Coinbase or Autograph, the, the, these um, crypto companies, they're pretty much all smart contracts developers. Right. And there's a massive shortage of them. So there's a huge premium on these guys. Like we placed the candidate the other day that obviously won't say their name or where we placed them, but their base salary was $375,000. And that's for an engineer, it's for a back-end engineer that's moved into smart contracts in the past couple of years. Um, so the programming languages are Solidity and Rust, but that those programming languages are... The, the, what you build the smart contracts on and you're exactly right it's it, it's code so smart contracts is basically a way of defining what almost like a use case or what you're doing in using programmable money or programmable value right. on the ethereum network but um it's terrifying to think we or or We've been working with all these smart contracts developers and thinking about all the cool like use cases within DeFi and real estate and all this kind of stuff. It's crazy thinking that you can create smart contracts for hacks like that. Yeah. Um, because that creates a whole other realm of cybersecurity risks that definitely yeah. we're not prepared for. Like the cybersecurity no. industry is already um, understaffed and way behind the game in terms of how advanced hackers are add some of this technology into it and that it could be a very interesting couple of years yeah for sure and there's um this was they reference in the article a couple of other high profile hacks yeah. and it says last week a stable i hadn't heard of this but last week a stable coin project called beanstalk lost 180 million to a governance attack and that refers to where the attacker used an instant loan to buy control of the project transferred all the reserves into their account, then repaid the loan in 13 seconds, apparently. So they actually got a loan, bought it all, pay back the loan, and then they had it all, which is kind of genius, I think. Um, but I've never heard of that Beanstalk thing. Um, that was worth 180 million. And then I had heard of this one, which was mm-hmm. earlier this month, a North Korean hacking outfit named Lazarus stole more than half a billion dollars worth of crypto tokens from the video game Axie Infinity. 
Yeah, so I saw that. Yeah, yeah, so Axie Infinity is like it's one of the first NFT based games. It's a bit like Pokemon, where right. you kind of trade and battle these monsters, but each monster is an NFT. Um, and this sounded like this was apparently this. They say this was a government backed hack by the government of North Korea. So it says, despite the hack being recorded on the blockchain, which keeps all the transactions public, the state sponsored hackers appear to have successfully laundered nearly 100 million of the stolen funds already, largely by using a decentralized money laundering service called Tornado Cash. So it sounds like a similar one to um, Ari's story of the, the, right. the 4 billion one, where they can, well, it's fascinating to me that they can see the transactions still after they've been stolen. Like they can see where it's going and what wallets they're in. That's the amazing thing, isn't it? Right. That those kind of chain analytics that Ari was on about. They can, you know exactly what's been stolen. You can see where it's sitting in which wallets, and it's just crazy. That is wild. Ari um, actually also mentioned that group, you know, Lazarus. Oh, did so he? he? Yeah, he mentioned them by name on that pod. Say, and he specifically said that they're a North wanted. Korean government-backed um, hacking group. That right. they don't have to go to the extents that the two hackers that were caught in New York went to. Um, the guys that took the four billion because they're state sponsored, so they have almost like full autonomy. Have to hide. Yeah, yeah. They, don't, they have to be. It's a lot easier for them to kind of get that money off the network, is what he was saying. And it sounds yeah. like they've done that with a hundred million dollars already. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like you say, it's interesting that you can also follow it um, and see where that money yeah. is being taken which like is- imagine you imagine someone stole 10 grand off you from your bank mm-hmm. and you could just see where or even like someone stole 50 quid from your wallet and you could just have an app and you can just see where that dude i actually had that I, I lost my phone on a night out in san francisco <laughs> oh they do it it was yeah, at yeah. some like apartment block in oakland <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah it was the same thing like i could see where it was but was it just some yeah. robber running around with it I mean, I guess I never got it back. I, I tried the thing where you can like send messages to the phone saying like, hey, I'll mm. give you a reward if I can get my phone back. And then just never, they turned it off after that. <laughs> turned uh, off, yeah, that's part of the problem. <laughs> they can just turn it off. There should be a thing that where you can like make it get really hot or something or like <laughs> just explode, <laughs> just explode. Electric shocks. Um, yeah, yeah pretty, news. pretty crazy. Good news, Jack. Crazy yeah. news. So uh, bad for, Bitcoin bad for the environment and uh, not as secure as we thought. So good, good. stuff. <laughs> Yeah, like and subscribe for more crypto, crypto stuff. More exciting bullish, crypto news. Bullish on crypto. Bullish on crypto. Uh, Brilliant. I mean, before we, I guess we'll talk about the markets generally in portfolio wars, won't we? Because yeah, I guess do we? Because sometimes we talk about it before, don't we? We end up talking for like an hour just about where Bitcoin's gone in the last month. So let's we save, save that, that for portfolio wars because yeah. we don't. Neither of us have bought any new coins which is kind of rule number one and the whole purpose of portfolio was so we need something to fill it (laughs) fill the space there so yeah let's (laughs) let's say that let's talk about miami let's go let's yeah let's do it on to the the bitcoin lesson of the day um the bitcoin conference in miami yeah exciting so jack you want to kick us off with your experience of the conference sure you were you were very heavily involved and i was excited for it I don't want to say you're a mover it. and shaker in the Bitcoin community now, but um, mm. yeah, talk us through your week. Sure, yeah. So I landed in Miami uh, to meet you. Stayed in a lovely Airbnb just off Ocean Drive. Never been before, so it was really exciting. The Bitcoin conference was just down the road. Um, landed, saw the price of the tickets for the conference after landing, and... Opted not just to not go in, really, <laughs> just to not go in. I mean, a guy, in terms of my direct experience with the conference, it involved talking to you each evening after going. And I was yeah. walking down one road and a guy just approached me and asked me if I was going to the conference. Uh, and I said no. And he said, have a nice day. And that's essentially it, I would say, for my you know, worth the flights. It's worth flying over. <laughs> you learned a lot. You learned, learned a lot. You met a guy. You met some yeah. interesting people. Deep met conversation with that guy. Mm. Um, he'll probably never forget that. He'll probably never forget that interaction. No. Um, and yeah, no good stuff. So yeah. big, what, what are you, did it so change good episode. your thoughts? <laughs> did it change your thoughts on the Bitcoin community? Did it change my thoughts? Didn't, 
didn't impact it one way or the other, I would say. I will say it was odd seeing there wasn't much... I was kind of, after I decided not to buy a ticket, I was kind of hoping for like some kind of peripheral free Bitcoin themed right, events right. around so, or, or just some like Bitcoin energy in the city. Right? Even like a balloon everywhere. or something yeah. or, yeah, just, <laughs> just any kind of, of signs. Yeah, maybe like they changed all the potholes to with a Bitcoin logo on, something like that. But there wasn't Ideas much, was there? Year. There wasn't, next year. A, yeah, you go. There wasn't a lot in Miami to indicate it's Bitcoin time, I completely which agree. was surprising. So I, I think um, overall, the conference was not as um, much of a spectacle as I thought it would be. And part yeah. of, I think what you were saying definitely rings true, that you wouldn't have known it was there um, if you weren't basically at the convention center. Yeah. So, and I wonder whether, so I've been to a couple of these types of um, big I don't know what you'd call it, like networking events or big conferences, like industry-based Exhibitions, yeah. And I, I remember going to Dreamforce, which is the um, Salesforce one, um, Microsoft no. Convergence, which is Microsoft's one. And they had obviously big, hu- you know, huge budgets because they're being organized and run by multi-billion dollar companies. And they have like a centralized organization structure in that the company either salesforce or microsoft is organizing yeah. it i think because there is no bitcoin the company the organization kind of fell down to the different sponsors like cash app was a big sponsor there must have been a somebody you know booking the center in right there must For have been sure. someone taking charge of that I'm sure there was, and I'm sure it's some kind of like maybe a non-profit or some kind of networking group, or it could have been the sponsors or a conglomerate kind of, of sponsors. Yeah. yeah. But oh. it felt a little bit um disorganized and almost right. like done on the cheap, I want to say. Um, wow. I know that sounds bad, but yeah, it didn't feel like there was a big company or, or you know, a big structure of organization there. So that was my yeah. first takeaway. Understandable. Um, but apparently there were 30,000 people there. I don't know how true that is, but mm. 30,000 people there for the conference. Um, but yeah, so good. Take lo, lot of takeaways from you there. I don't know how I'm going to top that, to be honest with you, Jack. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell me, give it a go. What did you, um, did you go in for one? I, <laughs> I did go in. I did go cool. in the conference. Nice. So a nice. Insight there. Um, I went to, uh, so how the conference was set up, there were different rooms that you could go to that had different speakers there. So it was like a main keynote auditorium and then a couple of like smaller um, speaking rooms, like a exhibition rooms. There was then a, a few networking events or networking areas, should I say, right. that you needed a certain pass to go to. So you needed an industry pass, which was a bit more expensive. So they were quite good for like meeting people that were kind of the movers and shakers in the industry. So right. I met a couple of VC, the really cool VCs there. Uh, met the founder of a big hedge fund that's invested in some different crypto companies. So there was some some kind of interesting folks in that those networking groups. Uh, and then there were um, there was like a big exhibition hall that just had different industries with booths there. That all had or sorry different companies with booths that had like a bunch of salespeople for nft projects or mining companies or right. um, exchanges like crypto exchanges so yeah right. there was, was a big setup and the, was it it you could own it was bitcoin only right there was no other crypto yeah everything was supposed to be bitcoin only so all the talks were on bitcoin um all of the everything there was supposed to be bitcoin focused um and it was cool there were some great speakers so jordan peterson gave a really good talk uh so did michael saylor who's the ceo and founder of um, microstrategy that's one of the biggest bitcoin i think the biggest corporate um, entity that holds bitcoin Mm. Uh, it was a great talk from kevin o'leary who was one of the sharks from shark tank which is like the u.s version of dragon's den so yeah some really interesting speakers and the big takeaway from or kind of big takeaways from me was that institutional adoption is at the the very kind of early stages for bitcoin so 
whilst we think of Bitcoin as like everyone knows about it now. And, you know, for, I think of US households, it's something like 30, 40% of US households now own Bitcoin, which is, is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. But institutions, it's still very much on the periphery. And a lot of the groundwork is currently going into like setting up the infrastructure for institutions to hold crypto. So I thought that was interesting that there's still this huge wave and wall of money that could come like flooding into right. the ecosystem from institutions. Um, mining and sustainability, kind of similar to the news that we've talked about, was a really hot topic. There were a bunch of talks about that, how to make Bitcoin mining more sustainable. Mm. Um, I actually didn't go to any of those talks, so sure. it would have been helpful to <laughs> know for that conversation earlier. Um, trying to think other big takeaways. There was a senator, I thought it was quite interesting, there was a senator that spoke at the conference on legislation that was a very kind of pro-Bitcoin senator um, that gave a speech about the various legislation that's going to be needed in order for crypto to become more acceptable in the mainstream. Um, cool. uh, there was a VC panel of different venture capital um, leaders talking about why what they're most excited about in the crypto ecosystem. And I think that the biggest... Um, kind of takeaway from that was that there's again there's just huge institutional money flooding into some of these blockchain and crypto startups so that hopefully is gonna be exciting um mm. yeah i'm trying to think if there was you, anything else yeah i mean did you get a vibe did you leave the conference feeling more feeling any different than you did before about bitcoin more bullish bearish how yeah so i feel more bullish about the blockchain industry and and bitcoin i guess um than i probably ever have and definitely felt that coming away from the conference outside of that and completely separate to the conference and and almost right. the bitcoin i feel very nervous and anxious about the economy at the moment and mm -hmm. i think that that is going to have a big effect on the price of bitcoin um in the near future but in terms of confidence in bitcoin the bitcoin ecosystem and the technology yeah definitely definitely mm. i remember you saying you're you, you're kind of overwhelmed by the the fact that the kind of world's smartest people are all bullish on it and right. so what you know that what does that tell you that kind of that kind of vibe definitely and and just so i watched one talk on how to value bitcoin and it came at it from a standpoint of like looking at these different methodologies like s curves for example s curves is like a model for adoption of a new technology and that's kind of effectively that that was one method of valuing bitcoin and it i guess i don't know how all of this kind of influx of talent and energy into the bitcoin ecosystem is going to affect the price right so i, I this isn't necessarily what it will do from an investment standpoint but in yeah. terms of whether this technology is here to stay again yeah i feel more confident on that than ever and yeah like you said there i it is noticeable that the smart cool kids in tech are all flooding into work in crypto and blockchain mm. um and that will have an impact like that you know that will have a massive impact on where vc money goes what the startups of the future are like if you look at the funding vc venture capital funding at the moment I, I, it feels like every other company that gets funded now is in the blockchain space um my brother-in-law works for a vc and even just talking to him every all of their limited partners are asking them about the blockchain ecosystem about crypto investments so yeah, it just feels like there's this big nucleus of energy, of m money, capital, super smart, talented people all flooding into this very niche space. And that I, 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 that gives me the confidence that it's going to grow, that ecosystem is going to keep, keep growing. Yeah, cool. The other thing that was quite Good. funny is it's quite a weird little quirky community. Um, like there were some really smart people there, but there were also some pretty fucking crazy people i've never seen more shiba inu dogs like in real life that's wild <laughs> <In my life. laughs> that is um, weird 
it was there a bit of a culty vibe going yeah, on? Yeah, de- definitely a culty vibe. Definitely mm. a culty vibe. But the what, but what I would say is, it's quite a diverse crowd in terms of like perspectives. Like the of the people that I spoke to, there were people from. Uh, different you know all over the world like different countries different sides of the political spectrum there were some people that were like really conservative or really libertarian really left-wing um that all had their own uh reasons behind for being passionate about crypto and that i thought was interesting and you know it's quite a polarized world at the moment where things seem to be very often split down these political lines that that yeah, it, it was it was interesting just seeing a, ver- a very kind of cool, diverse community there. Interesting, yeah. I feel like there's been, and again, I don't, it's purely my own anecdotal subjective experience, but I feel like in the last kind of six months, there's been a bit of a kickback response to the kind of boom that we saw after the pandemic started of crypto, of people kind of starting with the a lot of it's in nfts and skepticism of nfts but also a kind of kickback an anti-crypto move movement more that's manifesting more in things like youtube channels making videos on it and and things like that so i don't know if yeah i don't know and that seems to be from more of the left-wing people that are left-leaning seem to be more anti maybe that is purely the environmental thing but yeah, but yeah, it's interesting to hear you say about the diverse spectrum of people. Um, but yeah, just anecdotally, I've sensed more of a kickback in the last few months, I would say. I kind of whole... know what you mean. It does feel like it, it yeah, like the t- kind of public sentiment is maybe changing. But yeah. I, I don't know whether that is just that it's a brand new technology that's had a ton of hype that, you know, a load of people have made a lot of money off it. Mm. and that can be annoying when people are talking yeah. about that or, and when you haven't <laughs> like if other people have made a ton of money off it and you've stayed on the fringes or you've been a bit anti it said it's kind of a waste of time or yeah. it's going to go to zero and then seeing it kind of shoot up to be worth almost a trillion dollars market cap would be you almost kind of have to double down um or, or some people would i don't know i saw that warren buffett and charlie munger who are like two of the most successful investors of all time still don't place any value to it like Mm. warren buffett said i I think he said last week if you offered him all the bitcoin in the world for 25 bucks he wouldn't buy it (laughs) but that almost to me seems like almost like being overly bearish on it or unnecessarily negative like that's just well, and also, stupid because it's worth a trillion dollars so buy also it if someone sell it instantly if someone offered you all the dollars in the world you wouldn't take it would you because they'd be it would instantly become worthless because no one else right. would have it yeah. but um yeah i know what you mean they are they are famously negative on it but i do think there's a i think a but, lot but some of the negative one, one thing i would say yeah, on that, on, yeah. sorry to interrupt it, warren buffett has is not a tech investor and no, I think he's not. he's not been at the like, you know, he wasn't one of the he wasn't an early investor in Amazon or Apple nah. or Facebook or Google. Like his biggest, I'm sure he's made a ton of money off those companies since then, but he's never been like early into the tech space. Nah. And that's kind of what Bitcoin is. It's it's software, it's technology. So I, it doesn't surprise me that that kind of like older, more traditional value investor maybe doesn't get it. But no, definitely not. Yeah, I, I know it's not just him. But yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I think another thing that might um, influence it is the more the more crypto becomes into the mainstream, the more the more the mainstream media picks up on it and the more just weirdly wrong they are about it in, in mainstream articles. Like my mum forwarded me an article and it was about a... Uh, and it was about this story of this kid in Birmingham who had... I can't remember the exact details, but basically he'd created a, a kind of fake crypto coin himself, sold it, and then put, basically done a rug pull on this, right, this right. random coin that he'd made. And uh, and, my, and the article, it's, and I, to be fair, I don't think my mum had even properly read the article because she was <laughs> so worried about me buying any kind of Bitcoin or anything. Right. Um, off the back of it, and even going to Miami, she was like, "Well, don't don't buy any any Bitcoin while you're there. Like, like they're going to be selling them on a stand 
you know but i think a lot of the articles have in the you know this was in the guardian a lot of the, the uk broadsheets don't they seem to have an anti-agenda about it right. off the bat you know and are, are quite misinformative on it i think um but i don't think I don't that's know. a new thing because if you if you go back a couple of years like i remember buying bitcoin in 2017 and my mom's saying, yeah, but isn't that just used for money laundering? And sure, it was basically because there were a ton of articles at the time about how it was used for money laundering for terrorist organizations. And I don't know, speaking to Ari, he basically completely dispelled that uh, myth and, and showed it to be potentially the worst way to try and launder money because it's fully traceable or, sure. or trackable. Rather, you can kind of follow it across um different transactions so and, and that was the common narrative with bitcoin for years and it's proven yeah. to be completely incorrect so I, yeah i don't know i they call it fud in the bitcoin community and there was quite a bit of talk of that at the conference is that an acronym uh-huh fear and uns- create people that are creating fud are creating fear uncertainty and doubt Right. However, that is very similar <laughs> to what you would do in a cult. <laughs> uh, like my wife <laughs> yeah, watches a yeah. lot of cult documentaries and they have similar acronyms to have like in right. Scientology, they use similar acronyms for like, yeah, exactly. To like dispel doubters. It's kind of like, oh, they're just creating fear, uncertainty and doubt. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but yeah. those are all great things to have when you're <laughs> analyzing where to put your money. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm a, kind of with you that there, there just seems to be a bit of a tide change. Yeah, a little bit, but that's, I think it is to be expected after, after something gets so big. Well, and then and draws back 50%. Like think about well, it, from the all time high, it's dropped by more than 50%. Yeah. If it, right now, if it was a hundred K a coin, I can guarantee you a lot of that fear and certainty and doubt would mm. not be there. It would just be me texting you every day about how it's the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. We we did have a fun night out though, Jack, didn't we? Um, in Miami with the Coinbase crew. So we went we out did. with a couple of the a couple of fun folks from the team yeah, like, at Coinbase. Um, yeah. it was pretty fun. So yeah, I think you you did get a bit of tangential crypto networking involvement from that. Oh yeah, yeah, um, very valuable, very valuable. But um, yeah, no, that was it, it. Was a it was a fun fun little week away. It was a great week. It was a great week. Yeah, I'd never been to Miami and it's, it was conference or no conference. It would have been, well, it would have been an identical time for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't exactly actually, take you, away or add to your I got a nice break from you way. for big parts of the day. So <laughs> yeah. I got some nice time to myself. Um, you did a lot of walking as well, didn't you? You walked A lot the... of walking around the conference yeah. centre. Yeah. <laughs> kind of Just in and out, back to it. <laughs> Yeah. Asking people if they're there for the conference. You are good, good stuff. Have yeah, good. good. Enjoy, enjoy. Um, uh, yeah, but no, no, Miami's a very cool place and a very, very unique, unique city. Um, it's it's very much becoming the like epicenter of crypto as well, isn't it? Like they, mm. I, they were, that was something I should have mentioned. They unveiled the crypto bull in Miami at this conference. Oh, yeah. Out, I think it was outside the exhibition center. Um, Maybe they're going to move it, but it's it's basically kind of similar to the bull outside Wall Street. This was a big like mechanical mm. Bitcoin bull, um, and I think is part of the city's way of trying to like establish itself as the epicenter of the the Bitcoin ecosystem. Yeah. Ironic when that's underwater in ten years, just yeah. like Bitcoin's yeah. price. <laughs> Boom. And on that note, <laughs> good. All right. Well, that's yeah. Speaking that's the Bitcoin's Bitcoin price. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. So, Bitcoin conference done. Thank you, Mike. Uh, let's move on to portfolio wars. So, a reminder, a quick reminder of what this is all about. So, at the start of the year, first of January, Mike and I invested a thousand dollars each into crypto. It could be any coins we we wanted with the aim of tracking how we're getting on throughout the year. So we can make up to 20 trades a month um, as part of this deal. I think we've made one was trade each so far. Five, five was it five? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Also, the objective <laughs> was, yeah, not, not hitting our cap on them. The objective also, Jack, was to use Portfolio Wars as a way 
mm. of educating ourselves on new crypto coins yeah um so that each month or each week even we'd add a new coin and then come on here and talk about it uh and i don't think we've done that since we haven't we haven't i mean part of me thinks is there over 12 coins worth investing in you know after your infamous news item on the mcdonald's coin the grim, grimace coin grimace, grimace coin. coin it's my number one trade portfolio. i mean how is he <laughs> yeah. should we actually i mean just check, on that? So check, check, check the price of grim check the grimace price while i while i you do that please remember this is not financial <laughs> advice yeah grimace coin um one dollar 33 is it that high i mean that's higher than some of the ones we've bought yeah Here. but it depends what the they can be worth as much of it. It's, it's what the market cap is that matters, right? Uh, right? So over the past year, Grimace Coin has gone from an all-time high of $8 wow. um, down to a measly $1.33. So That'll make you Grimace. It will. <laughs> oh, oh tell dear. You what, Jack. There you I'm go. Fire. On fire. Uh, no, on I fire love tonight. It. I love it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah so agree. we've got... so. After now, remember, first of January, crypto had enjoyed a very, very good 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. So we were both excited. I think it's fair to say, Mike, about this little game. Um, the different I, think, I think maybe the day after we invested, um, the entire market crashed. Yeah, putting it bluntly. Yep. This podcast so, has been very heavily correlated to big mm, market corrections. Like yeah. we decided we were going to do this yesterday. We decided we were going to record today and Bitcoin dropped by about 10% this morning. <laughs> so yeah, we are we are the problem. We are we are um but we'll soldier on, won't we with this experiment. Uh at the end of February to remind listeners where we'd got to. So at the end of Feb, I'd turned my $1,000 into $673. And Mike, schooling me, had turned his $1,000 into $721. So, you know, it was a wake-up call for me to get my act together this month. Um, so let's just see how, we, see how we're doing, shall we, Mike? Well, can we just say, what were the big... Um... What were the big trades that you've made since then, Jack, that have really kind of... Sometimes they say, well, sometimes the best thing to do is do nothing, isn't it? Right. I would say. Um, as the world moves I wish we'd done that in January. We like a the, rock. Yeah. <laughs> we should both thought of that strategy on January 1st. Stay calm in stormy waters has been my my thing since then. Set and forget. Yeah. And I've made zero trades since our last our last thing how about you i presume you've been moving and shaking and you know finger on the pulse every day zero Zero trades zero trades so i'm still holding my portfolio is eth uh sol cardano uh mana which is decentraland and then Mm -hmm. avax avalanche um so that's my that makes up my portfolio yours is ETH, Sol, Matic, which is Polygon, Cardano, US dollar coin. You still have $82 on the sideline. One of my best investments. (laughs) I think that is the only investment from either of us that hasn't gone down. Well, one of mine is up. I bought the dip on Bitcoin. So let's quickly quickly go through where we are, should we? And then give give the totals for the end of the month. So you yourself, Michael. So you ETH. So you've you invested two hundred forty five dollars in ETH when it was worth three thousand seven hundred forty nine. It's now worth two thousand seven hundred sixty six, which is actually up on the previous month that we did this. Boom. But that's still a twenty six percent loss uh, on the year since January. Um, your Sol, you bought that at one hundred seventy seven dollars. That's now $85. So that's a big dip, 51% dip yep. uh, on the Sol. So neither of us have done well there. Yeah. Um, so that's a 51% dip. Your Cardano, you bought at $1.35, now worth 80 cents. That's a 40% dip. Yeah. Uh, Decentraland, which I recall last month you would you did well with. You bought it at $2.06 and it was up. That has yeah, it was up crashed. to about two dollars nine. Yeah, it's in there. Winter win. <laughs> um, 
that has since dipped to $1.47. So to central land, yeah, not doing so well. So that's a 28.6% drop. And then finally, AVAX. Can you remind me what AVAX is? Avalanche. Is it? It's another smart Avalanche. contract um, language. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, a big tip from one of the candidates we were working with. And let's wow. see that. Is that that one's done well, has it? Is that what? That's so your entry price was $80.47. Uh, yeah. Now worth $59. So that's still a 26% yeah. dip. So that so, leaves you at. Go on. Uh, that's actually my uh, second best performer. Second best performer <laughs> with only a 27% decline. high. So Riding thank high. you to the gentleman that Good. recommended that. Riding so yeah, I've, I've turned my $1,000 into $597 in yeah. just four months without, you know, without that much effort. So just no think effort. what it could have been. Think Passive. Have been. Love it. Yeah. Passive. Um so I won't go through the ones I've got that I shared with you, ETH, Sol, Matic, and oh sorry, ETH, Sol, and Ada, which yeah. as which yeah, we're down the same on. So 26% over 50% for Sol, 40% down on Ada. My Matic is down on down 58.75%. Weren't we gonna is get that the, the guy loser? Of of all of us, I think it That's is yeah. the biggest loser. We, didn't we have time. him lined up as an interview at one point? Yeah, we did. A select guy. I'm not going to say his name, but he was no. a bit of a um, bit dismissive term. Bit a bit of a dickhead, I would say. Right. He agreed to do it and then just kept pushing it back and then kind of disappeared and then he got fired from Matic. So he got fired, did he? Oh, he didn't. Uh, but I don't know. That could be. Wow. He <laughs> left Matic, but he's no longer working there. So no. good for him. Was he head um, of crypto there or something? I, I don't want to give too much yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> details on it. It was, cool. it was the janitor. It was it's the not janitor. That big of a company. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, that guy. Yeah, uh, down, down nearly 60% on that one. But the big winners for me, Mike, and that's actually yeah. pit me ahead of you in the game. Um, my US dollars, 0% gain. So I've got, as you say, I've got $82 there, 0%. And then my Bitcoin, which was my one move, actually, my big move, I bought it at 35.7K, now worth 37.1K, 3.9%. I'm looking at the price of Bitcoin right now, and I'm seeing 36,658. Well, 50 minutes ago, Mike, when this was done, (laughs) is the price. So So, tune in next week. Things are on the slide. For Jack's $27 (laughs) gain to be wiped out. Yeah. Um, Uh, So that leaves me on 665. This is a shit show, isn't it? 665. So so as a joint thing, which is what I think this is more about, really. It's about the teamwork. Wasn't last last time when you were ahead of me. Oh, listen. We all have changed. So the current total for both of us is $1,263. So we've basically Good. lost $740 um, in the space of four months. Yeah. Well, as so, I say, Mike, it's only a loss when you sell, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. when you realize the losses. So we've still got, we're what, a third of the way through the year. Uh-huh. So if, if we keep this up, we're we can no get money. down to about $300. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I, I do think trade. we should we should switch up portfolio wars though because for listeners, but like we're not showing the video, and I think it's probably quite hard mm. to follow. Like we're just throwing a True. bunch of numbers at them. True. So I think what we should do moving forward is like here's our totals, and then I do think we should make ourselves even if we buy one dollar of it, make ourselves buy a new coin um, every app, eat like one new coin each. And for this segment, we kind of mm-hmm. kick off. Here's the basic understanding of what we think it does. Even if we don't do any research, just to switch it up maybe. a bit. And yeah, I think okay. that will make us do some research and maybe get a bit more competitive. Sure. Here. Yeah, okay. Why not? Yeah. Sold? Yeah. You could have just told me you got bored of me reading out the numbers <laughs> yeah. off air. And then... Um... But you know, you spun it well. You spun it well. Okay, yeah. Uh, but no, you're right. That was the rule, and we should stick to the rule. So ne- let's say next month we have to buy two. Yeah. Okay. So I have to, to make buy up one for this. Yeah. Before for, the next step. Before yeah. the next step. Okay. Sounds good. And then, Sounds Jack, good. So I guess while we're on the the old portfolio wars, it is we probably should mention that like 
as of today, recording this episode, the Bitcoin has dropped 6%, mm. more, I, I guess 6% today. And God. it's gone from, you know, a month ago, it was at 48K or 47, 48K. It's now down at 36, just over 36K. Mm. So that is a, a pretty stark drop off. Yeah. Well, I think um, since our last pod, sorry, Mike, it went mm -hmm. up, didn't it? And then has come back down again. So it's actually not hit the low that it hit in, when was that? So it did dip very considerably, didn't it? In, um, I'm just getting the chart now, sorry. So in, in Feb. Or, in no, I think, fair, I think it's kind of, isn't, isn't in January, not? sorry, that was in January. Yeah, so it hit yeah, 35K in Jan. And has kind of bumped, bounced up and down. Then it went and it spiked up to, as you say, 48K. And now we're back down to, um, yeah, 36, 37. 36. And I think one thing that is becoming more and more apparent is that at least in the short term, Bitcoin is kind of trading in sync with the NASDAQ, which yeah. is the tech um, stock index. And the NASDAQ's down by 5% just today. It's now at the lowest it's been for over a year. I think it's at the lowest it's been for um, probably about 18 months now. And I was reading somewhere mm. today that this is the worst start to a new year for the NASDAQ. I don't know if it was ever or since the 2008 well, crash. It's the worst start to the S&P 500 since the 1930s. <laughs> something wow. crazy. Like something crazy like that. <laughs> yeah, basically. Since January, that is. It's the worst start since that. In um, I think that's in like actual number terms, so rather than percentage mm. terms. So I think it's like, you know, it's like the S&P 500 is like 4,000 and something. Right. I don't know what the actual digits are, to be honest, but yeah, that's the in actual units dropped. It's the worst start since then. That's um, not ideal. And it's not the best, no. But I think you are right. I think you're right. High inflation right now. So we have mm. the highest or record high inflation for like highest inflation for like 40 years, I think, in the US and in the UK. Um, yeah. And I think what part, what we're seeing now is that. The Federal Reserve in the US, the central bank in the UK are starting to tighten monetary policy as a response to inflation and interest rates are going to go up and we're likely to see a, a correction. Like we're technically in a recession um, and I think we're likely to see a continued correction while the central mm -hmm. banks try to curtail inflation. So yeah, I, I told you this offline, but I sold about 20% of my Bitcoin and I'm just keeping that on the sideline in cash um, because I think that it's going to pr probably continue to drop as the, the rest of the economy does. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Um, and on that cheery note. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, I've, I, was, I wanted to add in, there was a, um, there's a, there's a quite a popular Twitter account now called um, Crypto Bros taking l's so like taking okay. losses and it just screenshots it's when us. like when's well yeah we, we featured uh it screenshots people like moaning when they lose their nft or someone like right clicks and copies their nft and puts it as their twitter handle or whatever but also bigger bigger losses and bigger bigger things um but one day, thing they did tweet was have you heard of google trends uh no so, i don't think so so all Google Trends is, it's a Google-provided site that you can type in any search term and it shows you the popularity of that term over time. Okay. Um, and one thing it tweeted was NFT, the term, and showed the massive spike and how it's just completely dropped off in terms of Google searches. So it kind of indicates the popularity of something. And I've just done, as an experiment before this, I typed in Bitcoin, NFT, and Ethereum. And it's quite uncanny how the price chart matches the search term chart of it. So it is it is quite interesting, yeah. And seeing that, especially the Ethereum one, um, that you see the, the peaks when the price is going up. And now they're both really, really taken off in terms of Google searches. So it's hard to say chicken and egg, isn't it? It's like right. if the price is dropping and people know it's dropping, they're probably less likely to Google it and check their accounts and things. Or does it reflect a general interest 
and therefore there's fewer buyers and so the price is dropping. So it's an interesting wow. one. But yeah, that quite a fun tool a, to play with. Uh-huh. That would definitely be a, a, a correlation that could be explained for like retail investors that if people yeah. are Googling those changes, you'd think that any price fluctuation would lead to people searching for it more. Like even if it's going up to 70K, Maybe. 80K, you'd, yeah. you'd still think people would be searching it. Again, anecdotally though, I know that if it's on a downer, I check my Coinbase account less because <laughs> you just don't want to look at that Nowhere number. near as fun. DM. Nowhere yeah, near yeah. as fun opening Coinbase and <laughs> yeah. seeing red, red numbers everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> it and is it a is crazy like... dopamine hit. Like we talked oh, about yeah, in the yeah. mental health episode. You open Coinbase and you've got like up 5%, up 6 7 8%. Yeah, and you're walking around like a billionaire for the afternoon. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> with any of my again. stock. Anything. It's the same with any of my stock. Any yeah, any investment you've got, it's it's fun, isn't it? Right. But people right. do it on like right move on like like it's just it's it's the same thing. It's like you check the houses that are selling in your area for what money. That's the same fucking thing, isn't it? Yeah, you're checking sure. how much your house investment's worth. Um right. but yeah, it's a it's an interesting one because I can't remember what I was going to say, but yeah, I think, um, so are you going to sit on, do you have, you know, is it going to reach, is it about Bitcoin's price that you're worried about, or is it a general feel for the markets and the economy that will trigger you to buy back in if you do back to buy back in? So this is not in any way financial advice and should caveat this with, I'm an idiot. Like I don't know anything about economics at all. Right. But what I think from reading and listening to people that are way smarter than me is that, that or this is like my thesis, if you like, right? So we've printed all this new money. We've it's something crazy, like 40 to 50% of all the dollars in total circulation mm-hmm. were just created in the last two years. And we're continuing to create more money every single day. Um, historically, whenever that's happened, the currency has then been devalued and you've seen higher inflation. Yeah. So inflation right now is at 9%. And there are some people that think that's the peak of inflation and that we're going to see prices start to slowly kind of stabilize. I don't think that's going to happen. I think inflation is going to continue to rip. Um, And I think that there's a lot of different reasons for that, like what's happening in Ukraine affecting gas prices um, the supply chain crisis because China's still in quite aggressive lockdowns in certain areas of the country. Um, and then monetary policy is kind of like a perfect storm for inflation continuing to go up. The last time inflation was in this territory was in the 70s, and the Federal Reserve had to hike up interest rates into the, I think, into the teens, like maybe even into the high teens. And in order to effectively, almost intentionally crash the economy to cool inflation down. Now, what we've already seen in the past couple of months is that the Federal Reserve seen they've stopped saying inflation is temporary and it's transitory. Right. They've stopped saying that that was the narrative for about a year, yeah. well, for about six months. Same in the UK. Yeah. And what is going or what is now already happening is they're starting to increase interest rates um, and starting to taper back some of the spending, some of the Federal Reserve spending in the economy. And, and I think that I don't think that's going to work. I think that's going, going to or is causing a crash in, in the economy It is causing a recession. And uh, I don't, I, I don't think that the interest rate increases are going to work. I think the economy is going to go down what? and inflation is going to continue to go up. Let me just Sorry. finish that thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so I, so I think long term inflation will continue to go up and Bitcoin will continue to rise. And I think there's a chance in the next twelve months, it, a good chance it absolutely explodes. But before then. I think the economy is going to crash or we're going to continue to slide into a recession and the Bitcoin will correlate with that. Bitcoin will correlate with the NASDAQ um, and will likely continue to drop. So I just want some cash on the sidelines so that if it continues to drop, I can get back in at a lower entry point. I'm still like incredibly bullish on Bitcoin long term, but just very uneasy about the economy at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, what is remind me? What's the theory behind increasing interest rates to cool inflation? Why does that, in theory, work? 
because it becomes more expensive to get credit. Like if interest rates right. are at zero, it means you can borrow money for free. If interest right. rates are, inter- uh, uh, so we bought a property and we bought that property in Breckenridge eight months ago, seven, eight months ago, and rates were three, I think three and a half percent. Interest rates now are in the mid fours um, and are, are going to continue to climb. And basically it just means that it's more expensive to get access to capital. So the idea is that that cools down lending. It cools down people spending additional credit in order to spend. Yeah. But I, you know, if inflation's almost 9% now increasing interest rates to four or 5%, when you've also got these other factors, like what's going on in Ukraine, like what's Mm. going on in China, it will have the effect of slowing the economy down, but I don't think it will have the effect of curtailing inflation. And I think there's a good chance we go into stagflation where you have an economy that's either not growing or is decreasing. So you're in in a recession, but you've got inflation and that is not a good position to be in. And we don't really have any other kind. We've kind of exhausted all of the monetary policy tools to impact that other than just lowering in interest rates, which would increase inflation further. So yeah. it's a really uh, sticky situation for central banks at the moment. But also, I don't fucking know. You know, Jack, I don't know anything <laughs> about this stuff. This is just like stuff I've mm. read online. So it YouTube, could be that none yeah. of this happens. It's true. But yeah, it's very know, hard. It's, it's very hard. I understand, yeah. I, knowing how invested you were in it, I don't blame you. I mean, I would have done that uh you know i've effectively in far less of a weighted position in bitcoin or crypto than you were anyway but i i would have done that much earlier out of yeah. fear so i wish i had done it in about november well, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah anyway, but be, we'll see be interesting yeah. to see two weeks from now um yeah to do this update and see see yeah. what's happening Sure thing. I've sold some right. bitcoins. I'm sure it's going to rip through the fucking bounce now. But... Bounce up. <laughs> um, uh, what, cool. what are we covering next step, Jack? Do we know, or should we keep should we the... keep keep that as a Spot. surprise? <laughs> Just to be a surprise. Don't to give me. it away. Surprise to me. Um, well, well, maybe we do the uh, the environmental one. Okay. Um, might be cool. Might be cool. Um, yeah. If you know, if we can't line up one of these ten interviewees that we've abandoned failed on <laughs> yeah failed on yeah we should get that matic guy in to see how he feels about it all um yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm sure he's, he's probably got a lot of time on his hands now yeah uh, but um okay good. cool well there's a couple of things in the pipeline we've got bitcoin and the or mining in the environment the metaverse i think still a fun one have we not around. done a met no we haven't no we didn't but do it we, i thought no. we did it no, no, we no, touched no. on it on NFT and then yeah. just didn't do it at all. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, so thanks for listening and yeah. welcome back to Cryptoversity. Summer holidays are over. Class is back in session. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a new semester. Um, <laughs> it's a new teacher in town. Good. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Class dismissed. We should say that at the end of every episode. Um, All right. Brilliant. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.